Hello, and welcome to Shadow of the Past, a brand new side project of the Card Game Cooperative podcast, where we take a bit of time to look at individual scenarios from across the co-op LCGs created by Fantasy Flight Games. My name is Michael, and joining me today is Will. Hello. You right, Will? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. You? Good, yes. Doing right myself. Excited for this first episode of something new. It should be fun. See how it goes. <laughs> Very intimate. Just the two of us. Should have lit a candle. <laughs> well, that might have summoned something. <laughs> we know on that. Yeah, yeah. It has to be. Just make sure it's not in like a pentagram shape or something. Are your candles not all in pentagram symbols? <laughs> <laughs> As Will said, these are these episodes are going to be a bit of a smaller crew on the recordings. Uh, and we're going to be each episode is going to be discussing an individual scenario or quest or villain depends which game it's from and we'll be discussing the encounter deck that comes along with it as well so um for this first episode will do you want to introduce the scenario you've picked that we're going to discuss yeah yeah i i thought it was a, ni- a nice easy shortish easy to understand one we'd go for the uh the essex county express from the dumwich box what's the rest of the word the dumwich, dumwich. Legacy, isn't it? Legacy. Uh, I can't remember the name of the original story that's based in Dundwich, but it's something not quite legacy. Legacy's implying you're returning there. Mm, yeah, a big brain fart moment there. But yes, uh, <laughs> the fourth, the fourth mission in the the Dundwich Legacy uh, campaign, the Essex County Express. Yes, indeed. And uh, just before we get to a spoiler warning and ask some people to stop listening. Uh, something we'll try and do for these episodes is give a little bit of spoiler-free advice. So, Will, do you have a quick bit of advice for people who haven't played played the scenario before? I do, I do. So for some for people who don't quite understand what what the Essex County Express is or how to play it, uh, the analogy I have come up with, uh, so this won't spoil anything, is imagine imagine when you're eating spaghetti and you do that like motion but instead of you eating the spaghetti it's cthulhu and instead of spaghetti it's a train and you're on the train as the meatball so (laughs) you have to keep you have to keep moving down the spaghetti line before you get eaten (laughs) (laughs) i did not expect that that's brilliant thank you (laughs) so here is everyone's spoiler warning um yeah, if you haven't played the Essex County Express or even the return to Essex County Express, we'll kind of go back and forth as we see fit. Um, if you don't want to hear anything about it, then I think this is a good time to pause the episode and come back later. So uh, let's get into it then. Uh, we've got a brief walkthrough of what the scenario is itself. Um, Will, I don't know if you want to... We've got a few cards uh, that kind of sum up what the scenario is overall, kind of give you an idea of the gameplay within it so will do you want to read a tear in reality which is agenda Agenda 1a from the original not the return to Mm -hmm. and yeah no let's go for thematic text as well and then i think the main thing to describe the scenario is on the back of it yeah yeah i I was thinking about like is that you know i'll come up with a clever way of saying it and then went hold on fantasy flight games have paid some decent writers who are a lot better than i am to write fluff so you may as well just read the fluff on the card yeah um uh, as the train to dunwich comes to a jarring stop you look out the window behind you and see an immense tear in the sky like a rip in a piece of cloth 
Several of the rearmost train cars are pulled backwards, and there is a dreadful metallic crunch as they are detached. The train cars topple upwards and into the rift in the sky. Nearby passengers are panicking, others are cowering in their seats, and one elderly man has fainted in fear. And you get four whole turns to complete that agenda. Or less, if you fancy playing around with Doom, if you're taking around, taking away your Arcane Initiate or something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or if you play any of the encounter sets in this deck, uh, as many of them include Doom. <laughs> oh yes, that's what cost. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, obviously you wouldn't know what's on the back of the card to start with, but I think knowing what's on the back of the card for this discussion about setting up the whole scenario is useful. So do you want to read 1B as well? Yep. Um, so essentially when that, so when the, when you reach your doom threshold, the rearmost car of the train detaches as it is pulled backwards. To your horror, it rises off the tracks and is consumed by the gate above you. So it instructs you to remove the leftmost location from the game. Uh, in terms of setup, you're instructed to create the train by putting six randomized carriages uh, left to right, and then on the far right-hand side, one of four, one of random train engine. And depending on whether you're playing Return to or the regular mode, you'll have a variety of different train cars and engines to pick from. So you remove the leftmost location from the game, which is the back of the train, uh, or place it in the victory display if it has victory X and no clues on it. Each investigator at that location is defeated. Each enemy and asset at that location is discarded. Discard all clues controlled by the investigators. And then, as you can probably imagine, as you go through the rest of the agendas, they all say very similar things on the back of them. So as you reach the next doom threshold of Three, uh, the next train car at the back of the train also disappears. Anyone at that train will go missing and uh, you must carry on and you have you know, slightly one more turn, four more turns until the, uh, the, next, the next one. And they even, as you go through the scenario, start getting sucked up quicker than, more quicker than just one carriage per agenda. It starts becoming two per agenda after a while, so... This is why you gave the spaghetti analogy, because it's just about moving quicker than the agendas. That is the entire purpose of the agenda deck within this scenario. Yeah, you just got to keep ahead of the, the train being eaten by the moor in the sky. Um, and you, uh, that's, well, yeah, and obviously to stop you from just wandering up the train, uh, you can't move between locations until you have gathered all the clues from that location. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm just going to read out one of the uh, train cars then, just because that yeah, helps adding to this as well. So the unrevealed side of all the train cars is a location with the train trait. Uh, train car is connected to the locations to the left and right of it. You cannot enter train car unless all of the clues on the location to its left have been discovered. So. Yeah, there's the details of that. While this is unrevealed before you've entered it, you just you can't get into it until you've got all the clues from the location before it in the train, which is to the left. And then when you do get into them, they have a lot of forced effects for when you enter them. So this example I picked up is card number 12. There's a lot that are called passenger car, but this one's number 12. It is another train-traded location. Uh, three sh shroud, two clues per investigator. Passenger car is connected to the locations to the left and right of it. Um, forced, after you enter passenger car, you must either discard cards from your hand with at least two total um, intellect icons or take two horror. So 
and they all have that kind of flavor to them well all the passenger cars from the corset have that flavor to them that you've got to discard a certain number of cards to prevent taking damage or horror or a mix of the two yeah i'd say no matter i don't think you can play a game without getting a card with that ability rock up i couldn't Mm -hmm. well i haven't worked it out specifically but yeah you are more likely than not to hit at least one of those um so yeah you're either losing cards in hand or taking damage or horror as you move up the train (laughs) and um do you want to read Act 1A as well, Will? I don't think we particularly need 1B being read all the way through, but that kind of sets up the whole scenario, I say, then, them three. Yes, yeah, so, yep, so 1A is essentially your objective. Uh, the train has stopped on a bridge high above the Miskatonic River. You might be able to survive the fall, but you don't like your chances. Your best bet is to make your way to the engine car as fast as you can and get the train running again. If an investigator enters the engine car, which is obviously at the front of the train pulling it, immediately advance. So we are both the um, the carrot of the act deck is telling you get to the engine car and the whip whatever it is for that donkey analogy is yeah of the agenda deck is telling you you got to move now. <laughs> whip a donkey is stick a donkey. <laughs> okay, the stick is telling you to move your ass. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. That's there. Yeah, and there's all the other different versions of the train cars that make up the locations, but that's kind of the main premise of the entire scenario. Move fast and you've got seven locations to move through. Um, If you're playing the return to product, there is something that changes the gameplay. I mean, you can kind of call it the middle. It adds something to the middle of the scenario, but actually it's only two doom in that you gain this card. Um, When you play the return to product, you've got a different first agenda card. And when you advance, it is an enemy that spawns on the other side, which is called the Conductor, Beast from Beyond the Gate. Three combat, four health, three evade, monster and elite trait. The spawn instruction is the leftmost location. It's got hunter and massive keywords. Forced, when the Conductor is defeated, attach it to the current agenda. After you advance the attached agenda, draw the Conductor. So every time you'd keep drawing it, it would spawn at that leftmost location. And then it's also got the force effect. When the conductor leaves play, instead of discarding the conductor, move it one location to the right. Sorry, that was when the conductor's location leaves play. So that is an explanation as to what would happen if it was in the very leftmost location when that gets sucked up into the giant moor in the sky. It would move through the train there that way. Uh, and then a big part of why this thing is so scary is the fact that it does two damage and one horror when it attacks. So it has hunter and massive and deals a fair bit of damage. So you kind of want to get away from it, but it's moving once every turn. It's even faster than the agenda deck for chasing you down the train. It is quite the schmuck. Yeah. At least it's only got four health. So it's, it's a weird one where it's, it's, defeatable but it's only ever temporarily defeated and you've got to get your killing of it right so it doesn't just like spawn back at your location and you've spent a whole turn beating it up for no reason because the train card next to you has just disappeared so therefore it spawns on your location again it's um yeah it adds in quite a lot of i mean yeah it doesn't change the the whole makeup of the scenario itself, you're still trying to get across the train as fast as possible. That just makes you go faster and it means that you also have a big thing to fight at some point. There's no getting away from that. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of gives you two 
different speeds of how fast you're trying to get through the scenario. There's one that is game ending, the the race of getting ahead of the agendas, and then there's one that's you're going to take damage and horror, which is getting staying ahead of the conductor. So um, I think that's what they're trying to add. Usually, the return products aren't specifically to make cha- scenarios more challenging. The return products are to make them more different to than we're used to. Add a new flavor and replayability to them so uh i would say that the conductor does make this scenario harder um <laughs> yes yeah and it was a, we're a bit skipping ahead because we're going to talk about a bit about difficulty later but i already found this scenario quite difficult and um yeah don't know if i needed a giant respawning mini boss um enemy in the scenario but yeah it, it, it gets you moving <laughs> Uh, yes yes yeah definitely definitely does that yeah <laughs> so i think the last part that makes up the uh walkthrough of this is the engine car i think i read the conductor last so do you want to read the engine car you can pick whichever copy you want to will oh i'll just take this random one. Oh, i've got them upside down in my um Pile of cards, though. That's unhelpful. Uh, engine <laughs> car. It is connected to the location to the left of it, obviously, because it's part of the train. Uh, you cannot enter the engine car unless all of the clues on the location to its left have been discovered. So, again, make sure you've got the locations before you move into it. Um, once you enter the engine car, you will then obviously progress the act. Um, the following act 2A essentially says to win the game, get all the clues off the engine car. So depending on which of the engine cars you draw, you just have to make sure you get all the clues off it. Um, which is easy, right? How hard could it be to get some clues off a location? Um, well, some of the one of the engine cars will spawn you a, 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 big, a big chunky enemy to deal with. Um, one of them gets you to uh, draw the top, not one, not two, but three cards of the encounter deck just to really ruin your day. Um, one of them is just got a decent high shroud and a few more clues than the other. And the return to one uh, has a extra uh, engineer asset person that you have to parlay with in order to uh, get him running the train because obviously he knows how to run it better than you do. Yeah, that's basically how you then, that's the last stage of the scenario at that point. You're, you're just stuck in the one location, which is the engine car trying to, Thematically, trying to get the engine started. Uh, mechanically, trying to pick up the clues there. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're lucky enough, do you find if you get to the engine car, you often win the scenario? Uh, no. Um, I may have. <laughs> so I, it, it, for anybody who listens to the regular podcast, you may have noticed uh, heard that I have never actually won this campaign before, this uh, small experiment, uh, this mission. So obviously it was like, right, okay, pick a mission. Like, tell you what, if I'm going to do one mission on standalone repeatedly, there's one that has always bugged me because I've never beaten it. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to pick this one. I can build some standalone decks and then play through it. So yes, this this week was the first time I have beat it a few times, which is nice. But before now, I've definitely done games where... I've either not got to the train at all, I've got to the train and then got bogged down with an enemy or the the encounter cards I drew were ancient evils because they're part of the agen- the encounter deck. So that gets you to add Doom on, which then game ending again. Um, yeah, or you just 
no pun intended, run out of steam when you get to the end of it because you've had to discard all of your cards by moving up the carriages. You've dealt with all the enemies and it's like, I just don't have anything left to get these clues and I don't have enough time to sit here and gather it. But um, yeah, I tried uh, tried this week not to build decks purposefully around beating it. So I was just like, I'm just going to build decent decks and see how they do. And yeah, I fed fairly well, I think. Yeah, it, it's definitely one of those that if you... I don't know if you game it, then it's a lot easier, but it's still, there's a lot of this mission I feel is up to chance just because of the short doom thresholds and the amount of doom in the encounter deck that can rock up. Um, Cause the, yeah, the encounter sets you add in includes the, um, the dark cult. So obviously that's got mysterious chanting, which is add two doom down or find a cultist who will have a doom or um, ancient evils, which is just, out of doom so yeah you can very quickly run out of time on this thing the um dark cult cult card that adds to doom that's adds to a cultist enemy doesn't it which is normally not too bad because you can go and take out the enemy before the agenda advances and then Mm -hmm. the dooms disappeared again but yeah in this scenario enemies if they're not spawning your location can often be quite difficult to take out because if they're behind you in the train you, it, it wastes time going back through the carriages to go and deal with something. And if they're in front of you, you've got to be able to picking up the, you've got to be picking up all the clues to be able to move each carriage forward. You're going. Yeah. And especially moving back through the train as well. There's the added punishment because of the forced effect. When you enter the locations, we mentioned that earlier where you got to discard cards, otherwise you take damage and horror. It's in this scenario, it's a forced effect that triggers every time you enter that location. It's not something that triggers when you reveal it. So it would repeat. That's another punishment you've got to think of when you're going up and down the train multiple times. So, yeah, that doom can, even if it's just one doom on a cultist seeing a location away, that can be really hard to deal with. Yeah. How, so how, you were saying you built standalone decks to just have a bit of a refresh of the scenario coming up to it. Uh, mm-hmm. I've done that as well, but actually I've only managed to get in a couple of games and i've lost both of them um how (laughs) how's what's your been like win lose rate when you've just been doing a random selection of standalones so i say i've done so i've done it i've played through it four times once with once with you where we did a a joint one last weekend uh i was dexter Mm. drake i don't and you were Patrice, yes. I honestly don't know how we won that one just because my Dexter deck was terrible. It's the first time I've ever played as him. And I think it was literally just having a super high willpower got me through some things and I just I must have just tanked some stuff. I still don't understand how that... I put much better decks against this scenario and they've lost. <laughs> that one was just like higgledy-biggledy thrown together at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> See, I was thinking of that scenario. For some reason, my memory of it was that we lost. That's must say about how much we struggled through it, but yeah, you're right. We did with that one. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, you must have been carrying me on that one, I think. But uh, yeah. Uh, and then, so the other three times I've played it solo, um, I've had, I think I've had one of each type of ending. So I had, I played through it once with, uh, I thought I'd go with, you know, seeing as she missed out on being my spirit animal in the in the last episode we recorded, I, I went through as Lola, built a Lola deck. Um, and I completed, I finished the game, uh, as I just turned on to agenda three, I like if, if there was an achievement for speed running the game and I could have won it because of the way the, um, replacement in the return to set for ancient evils is you can put a doom down or take damage or horror. Um, I could have finished the game in agenda two. I, I had the spare horror 
thing yeah whatever reason like i i built like a lola deck that's it's different to normal in the way that it was i included green cards that let me have free actions um i included all of the tarot cards so that my stats were better i included a bunch of blessed cards for my guardian cards so the pool was nicer and uh seeker cards seeker cards for investigating and getting the clues so yeah um yeah it was essentially every turn it was like i could i was getting four actions because i started with leo de luca in hand so it was investigate move investigate move and yeah that was uh, that worked very well actually <laughs> there's so there's five agendas total in the game um six agendas if you're playing return two so that is to, to win the game on the third agenda is yeah, quite ahead of the game, I'd say. Quite ahead of the curve. Yeah. I mean, it was on um, the return to, so in in theory, I'd gone through Agenda 0A, uh, 1A, and 2A. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, so that was so that was, um, that was was the best time I've ever gone through it. Um, I then sort of rejigged my uh, Scooby Duke deck from the, the Barkham Horror day, because uh, I realised that deck, you, it, you can, the deck I built fits perfectly into a regular Ash Campy deck. Um, so <laughs> I didn't really, I only changed a few bits that I was a bit, I didn't want to keep. Um, so I played through it with that, uh, which is um, sort of designed around getting allies out that boost all your stats up. Um, and then obviously it's a survivor deck. So doing stuff like that. Um, the first time I played through it, I got stuck on like the third train car, the conductor caught up to me, another enemy got, stuck with me and i got really um screwed over by uh claws of steam and broken rails which are both uh cards from the encounter deck um so one of them is essentially take a willpower test if you fail take do damage you can't move and that damage has to go on an asset you control which as a ally heavy deck really sucked because i just spent all my resources and free of available actions putting down you know allies that were going to help do stuff and then we're just getting killed off by agenda cards and then broken rails is you lose an action um each investigated with four more damage which i had taken to get my allies down so that i could start doing stuff um must discard an asset they control so <laughs> that one that really kicked me in the teeth <laughs> so yeah did not make it anywhere you know very far at all with that one um and i just got like beaten up completely um and then because it was such a short go i was like i'll have another go i'll do it again um where i managed to get i like clawed my way all the way to the end so duke is quite good in this scenario in the way that he can investigate and move so you don't have to you do save some actions in going up the train car investigating yeah um i realize Although it kind of a waste on some of them, like one of the train cars is you can't investigate this location. You must discard cards or you must spend resources to um, gain the clues. Uh, There's another location with zero clues on it. And I think it spawns an enemy. And that was, yeah, I do remember that one because that killed one of my investigators, that location. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And on that one, I got all the way to the train. I was like, so in both, in all of my run-throughs, I've essentially tried to ignore the conductor because I've, I've been playing the return to because that's what I had set up and I couldn't be bothered unshuffling my agenda deck, my encounter deck. Um, so, yeah, the, the intention was to just ignore the conductor, keep ahead of him and get to the end. Um, obviously, with Lola, that happened 
easy breezy um with ashcan i got to the train i got one off of the train and he caught up so i had to like evade him move up into the train and then it spawned the other enemy so then the conductor moved up uh so i was engaged with two enemies there were two clues on the location and i didn't have enough health to take another hit uh so i then my turns for the next three turns were uh, evade evade and then if i hadn't evaded them both uh try evade the third time otherwise i would die or evade evade and if i got both of those pulls right uh investigate for a clue and i managed to, out of three turns i managed to evade like what was it seven times and investigate <laughs> twice to win the game somehow <laughs> So I had and I had no allies left either. I had to like essentially throw them all under the bus in a uh, in a very much a hail mary move. Like I can't evade both of these guys now. I, I'm gonna get hit by them or one of them. And if I get hit by one of them, I'm gonna lose all my assets anyway. So I may as well just let them both hit me as an attack of opportunity to take an investigate action and hope for the best. And uh, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> threw three allies under the bus all in one and uh, managed to win the game. So that was good can't yeah i still can't get my head quite around how you've dominated the scenario with lola and then struggled the scenario with ashcan pete they're they're you they're opposite end of the spectrum of investigators in terms of power level and i'd say they're probably the other way around to what you have managed to get out of them but i think one of my one of the things i think of first for this scenario is that it's context within a campaign it's other campaigns after this one because this was the full first this was the first full campaign that we had, eight scenarios. Ones afterwards, about halfway through the campaign or somewhere around then, there might be a scenario where your investigators, not only could they be defeated, but they could be killed. So you had to pick new investigators after that. This scenario doesn't quite go that far, but it's kind of like an inkling towards that because if you do lose it, you get thematically sucked up into the moor and chucked into another dimension briefly and then spat back out again, thankfully. But you basically lose all the campaign progress you'd made up to that point if you'd managed to rescue any of the professors or anything like that. Uh, then they get kidnapped at that point. If you decide to hold on to the Necronomicon, then that gets taken away from you at that point. You gain a weakness in your deck. The next scenario, you get an extra Doom in play, I think it is. There's some kind of penalty at the start of the next scenario as well. Yeah, because you have to walk the rest of the way. I can't remember exactly what the punishment is, but it's something like that. During setup, you um, yeah, you get a negative. There's very little reward for winning this. Maybe a couple of VP if you were lucky enough with uh, locations and stuff like that. But there's, I, I do. I'm always aware of the scenario, thinking I really need to beat this if I want to keep any of the progress I've been making up till this point in the campaign. It's a real, it's one that's on my mind even from the beginning of the campaign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's something I'll touch more on when we get to our arbitrary difficulty rating. But yeah, I, I do feel like this scenario was designed for you to lose to, but you can easily beat it. It's a really it's a really weird one that sits somewhere in the middle for me. Like it's not it's not like you will lose, there's no way of beating this, but it's definitely stacked against you. And I think they designed it in that way because all of like I say, all the flavor text comes from you losing to the scenario like even to the point where you gain like when you do the agenda uh, when you advance act one 
there's a test to make and if you fail it you'll take physical or mental trauma as well which means nothing in this scenario but moving forwards you know even if you got to the end of the train you know you could take a physical or mental trauma which i think i've done on more than one occasion so <laughs> you take that get to the train then lose the mission anyway take more of it plus everything else yeah it really it can really uh, slow any progress down that you are making so when we were going through investigators we played in this build up to it uh, do, did you have any you said you struggled a lot with the decks to deck. That's a mystic investigator. Did you play any other mystic or guardian investigators? I played with Sister Mary and I struggled quite a lot with her as well. I think the reason why I ask is because those two classes, I think, traditionally are quite dependent on assets. And for me, when I'm playing this scenario, I'm trying to think what's the minimum number of assets I can play. Maybe that's why the Duke deck struggled a lot because I had to get so many allies into play. And you just don't, you almost don't have enough time to even spend a whole action playing assets. You should be playing events that will make you progress or committing cards to test and things like that. You just got to move as quick as you can, I think. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, you don't have the time to play the assets down. And if you, even if you do, like I say, I managed to, like, Ashkan's quite good in the way that Duke is is not bad. You, you can get one decent action out of Duke a turn, so you can keep moving up. And then with the spare two actions, you can then spend a little bit of time just building up slowly, slowly. But then, let's say, you get hit by one of the encounter cards that discards those assets, and all of a sudden, any rig that you were starting to get is very quickly deconstructed, and you don't have the time to redo it again. That's you, You're stuck. Um, the flip side is, is you play with a really sort of just an event happy deck, so you don't have to build up a rig, but then you've got all the train cards, which are take damage, horror, or discard cards. So presuming that you're not playing those cards, which might be you know allies or assets with health and horror soak, you then are taking damage unless you're then discarding the cards from your hand that are the only other way of playing. So, yeah. You include allies for soak usually, but maybe in this scenario, you just save time. You don't play them you, and you use them to discard to prevent the damage on the location mm. forced abilities. Yeah. That are like a, a pseudo soak kind of thing without even having to play them. Yeah. Uh, one that I, one card that I had a very good giggle to myself about until I reread the card and realized the text was not what I thought it was, was uh, Lior. Um, which is you put it down and any hunters will move towards that location instead of towards investigators. However, you can only put it on your location or if you upgrade it, the a location or a connecting location. So um, what I thought was my genius plan of get ahead of the conductor and then lure him back to the back of the train and getting killed that way because that would be entertaining. Um, obviously, it doesn't work. So that just became a uh, skill icon throw for one of the trains. But um, yeah. <laughs> You've you've not mentioned the uh, the wizard. <laughs> I wondered I wondered if you're going to bring okay. him up. <laughs> so I was always going to skip past the wizard driving the train because I feel like it comes up whenever I tell anything entertaining about Arkham Horror. But uh, you you could go for it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, I I kind of well, it wasn't really an amusing one, but yeah, the other one I had was I'm sure the first time we played it, we didn't realize that at some point the agenda deck starts discarding two trains instead of one. So I'm sure the first time we were playing it, we were like, cool. Well, so and so is only one location off the end, so they'll be fine. And then it was like, oh, two have gone. Like, oh well, that's me gone for the rest of the game. See you guys later, and just left two of you to <laughs> carry on getting up the train. Yes, just really think you sussed out the scenario on your blind run. It's like, okay, yeah. let's take one location every turn, but don't bother counting how many agendas there are and how many locations there are and realizing they don't match up. Uh, yeah. 
but yeah, obviously one of the other reasons I, I picked this one is that I, I have some good memories of this one when we were playing it with. Uh, so specifically, you were playing as Zoe, whose um, uh, signature weakness is spawn a enemy, put them as far away from you as possible, um, and you've got to kill them before the end of the mission. Otherwise, you take some mental trauma. Um, this is off the top of my head. Something like that. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, not usually too bad, um, until that enemy that you spawn is a wizard of the order who puts one doom down every turn, and that wizard ends up in the train car from like turn three onwards. So every turn we're adding two doom to the agenda deck instead of one. As this uh, wizard is just driving the train off a cliff, or probably just had it in reverse or something. <laughs> yes, that'll be what it was. He had it in reverse. He'd figured out how to start running it, and he's like, we're all going to go into the dimension... It was horrible. I, like I think we realised that if we were a bit further in the scenario, it would have spawned spawned at the back of the train, because then that's the furthest location, and then that's quite convenient. But yeah, if it's early on, yeah, you just you could see them all right behind you, and then the train starts reversing, and you're wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> so as you briefly mentioned, we're going to wrap up these episodes with a an irrelevant and meaningless difficulty rating. Because, yeah, whatever we say now is kind of, there's so much you could take into context for, us, you know, trying to evaluate how tough a scenario is. But we're going to give it our best shot. For the difficulty rating, we're going to try and pick a rating from one to five, kind of to contextualize what that means. We're going with one being an encounter that you can beat with a pre-constructed deck or something from the FFG website that's like a starter deck kind of thing. And then five is an encounter where you can analyze every single card in the pack and you can look up broken player card combos online to use and you can cheat while playing and you'll still sometimes lose. So there's our boundaries. Will, what are you thinking for this one? Hmm. So, yeah, having not beaten it before this week, I, it was higher up the list. And then seeing how quickly I got through as Lola, it then shot down so now i'm i'm in like really boring middle ground and i'm looking at, at three stars uh i think three a, a three three train cars out of a conductor um <laughs> just because i think it's it's not you don't have to build for it that that's definitely something you can beat without putting too much effort in but you I, it's not like you can cruise through it with an easy deck I, with like a you know, a deck that's not necessarily designed to work very well. And I think it is, I think it's just because it's, there's so much of it that's up to chance with the encounter deck. Um, so if you have a, if you have a deck that's built around with, you know, with some cancellations and stuff, then it should be a bit more manageable, but it's very easy to get bogged down on this one. And as soon as you get stuck in a location for a turn, that's it, you're done, you know, sort of thing. So just because of how swingy I've found it, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for three personally. I was I was between three or four because I have memories of it really ruining, you know, having a lot of impact on your overall campaign. But maybe that's, yeah, not actually just down to the one scenario on its own. Maybe that's kind of affecting my judgment a bit. I do definitely agree with what you're saying about that you don't necessarily need to build for it. What you need to do is play for it, play in a faster way with whatever deck you've got. Uh, so then that makes me think maybe instead of four, it might be three. 
and that's very middle of the road for our first episode. <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah, it's a weird one, like because certain investigators all would really struggle. Like if you were playing through his. I don't know why he would play as Calvin standalone. That's just weird. But, you know, he would... Oh, he's good standalone. Because you can just spend the first couple of turns taking a bunch of damage. No, but you don't, you don't have the time to take the damage, though. That's the issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. For this scenario, is he good standalone? Yeah. Because he's obviously not got the stats for it. So just, you need somebody that'll... You need somebody that will at least get you off the mark. Like I say, Ashkan was a really interesting one to play through because... Um, Duke gives you enough of a move to get going, but with the amount of cards that are discarding cards in your hand, you can't keep readying him, so you need to start playing them. But uh, yeah, so hmm. well, there we are then. We've gone with three stars, and Will's challenge is is it possible to beat the scenario with Calvin? Oh, good. <laughs> challenge for the listeners, not for you, Will. You, you've already beaten it with Lola, you've done your challenge. Oh, good. <laughs> Oh yeah, I see. That's my challenge to you. <laughs> yeah, you've extended it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just to wrap up, uh, there's many ways you can contact us it's at the end of most episodes. We're just going to mention quickly Twitter here, which is at Card Cooperative, and Facebook, which is the Card Game Cooperative. Please uh, come and send us some messages and see what you think of the episode and of the scenario. Yeah, be intrigued to see what uh, if anybody else has any amusing um, stories of train drivers or or uh, any tricks you play as they might have come up with. Exactly. All right, that's it. Um, see you later. Mm-hmm.